Well, hello everyone. My name is David Apple, head of the SaaS and software vertical here at Sage Intact and host of the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. We created this for you, CFOs, controllers, FP&A, RevOps, just the members of the finance community and fast growth SaaS companies that want to get better and get ahead. We discuss subscription and usage billing models, RevRec, SaaS metrics, forecasting, the key functions you need in order to drive the cash flow trajectory of the firm on its path to IPO. Joining me is a great business colleague, Peter Horden, the CEO and founder of Lockstep. I have spoken at uh, one of Peter's conferences, user conferences in the past. There's a good partnership between the firms. And I asked him to join today to talk a lot about automation and cash flow and what he's learned in his many conversations with your peers and how to build both of those parts of your business. So with that, Peter, would you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about Lockstep? Hi, David. It's great to be chatting with you. Yeah. Um, so we started Lockstep to help accounting teams work together. We are accounting industry veterans. My co-founders and most people at the company have been in accounting software for several decades. And our passion comes from the fact that even now, even in 2022, it is still too hard for accounting teams to work with each other. Every business does business with other businesses. And as soon as you do that, the accounting teams at the two companies are called on to record the transactions, to make the payments, send the invoices, make sure that everything's treated properly. And when you look under the covers of how that's done, even today, it's mostly a manual process, especially at SMBs. Um, you know, if you think about other departments in the company, there's been a lot of great tools that have come out in the automation revolution of the last 20 years. Like sales teams have Salesforce and customer service teams have Zendesk and development teams have Jira and we could keep going. Accounting teams, though, really are left to do their work by emailing PDFs back and forth to each other and sending spreadsheets and doing manual hand reentry. And we think there's a much better way. And that's what we're building at Lockstep. Yeah, well, then it's cool because I'm sure those of you listening understand and empathize with all that because it's back to what's the macro trend that you're trying to solve? I think to us, the biggest macro trend is that we are really in the early days of a major rethink of how accounting teams work together. If you think about most accounting workflows, a lot of them are unchanged in several hundred years. Um, for example, even today, 40% of all invoices are still sent as a piece of paper in the physical mail. You know, we've been doing that for a very long time. Uh, and even if, you know, some, uh, some companies have gone through digital transformations and said, okay, well, instead of sending paper, I'm going to send a PDF in an email. And that's great because you eliminate the paper, but really the only difference is you've removed the piece of wood pulp in your fingers. You still have a document that somebody has to open, read, handle, route, approve, and ultimately hand re-enter into your accounting system. So we are on the very early days of really a rethink of what should these workflows between accounting teams look like. It's not just take what we used to do in the paper world and, and change it to email, but really how do we make it so that these systems can become directly connected uh, the data can be shared directly between systems. We can have services that help us work together. And we create a whole new way of thinking about the workflow between businesses. Ultimately, why CFOs should care and accounting teams should care is that this will increase the speed and accuracy 
of the workflows between companies, which ultimately will drive up working capital. Hmm. It's so true. And, and, and we all know why it happens. It's a little bit of force of habit and what problem are you going to solve in the company? But there's all these great enablements in order to get ahead of doing this, something that constantly comes up with us and where people are trying to pull things together. And so, you know, as we record this, there's a lot of churn in the market right now. And how do you see people adjusting to how they're trying to manage cash flow this time of chaos? Yeah, you're right about that. Especially, you know, the the stock market has been a roller coaster. It can be difficult to open your uh, your brokerage app and see what's happening. I, I think that there's a couple of things that that I that at least our customers are responding to. One is the new advent of inflation. Uh, we've lived in a world for the last decade of you know minimal or negligible inflation. Uh, however, with inflation approaching ten percent. If your customers are paying late, that that can become a real cost. Uh, you know, accounts receivable teams, as you know, they they measure themselves in something called DSO or day sales outstanding, which is, on average, how many days does it take your customers to pay you? And if you're billing customers net thirty, but they're being allowed to pay net sixty or ninety or one hundred and twenty, that turns into that's functionally equivalent to offering a one or two percent discount on the entire invoice when you factor in the time value of money. Now, if, if you want to give that discount for some proactive reason that we've made a conscious decision to offer that discount, that, that could be a fine business strategy. But offering that discount just because we're bad at collection or we're not very good at AR, um, that can really be a significant impact on your, on your bottom line. And so a lot of customers are coming to us saying, how do I drive my DSO down? And we have a lot of really interesting ways of doing that. The average customer that joins us comes in with a DSO around 90 and within a quarter, they have their DSO down to 60 and we eventually get them much closer to 30. And so customers are thinking about the time value of money in a way that they really haven't had to before. And then another one, of course, is COVID. Um, you know, essentially, I, I listened to another fascinating podcast, uh, the IT Pro podcast, and Aaron Harris, Sage's CTO, was on recently talking about how COVID is really changing workflows between companies because the, as a simple example, the idea that you can always have access to the paper coming into the organization is gone when everyone is working from home or working remotely. So one of the big rethinks is how do I create workflows with both within my accounting team and between accounting teams that allow for remote work, that allow for the idea that I cannot get to um, that, that, I, that I cannot get to the, my papers. And so Aaron was talking about the big breakthrough is rethinking the key workflows of your business. And we're seeing the same things with our customers where, for example, at our recent customer conference, one of our customers talked about uh, how they used to, on Fridays, every Friday in the office would have a folding party and people would show up and fold the invoices and send them out in the paper mail. And once COVID happened, they had a little bit of a crisis because the home printers that they had couldn't keep up with the number of invoices that needed to be printed, or there wasn't enough room on the kitchen table to, to, to collect and stack and mail all of these invoices. And so there's a lot of change also being driven by the move to remote work and the kind of rethinking of, do I need an office or do I want to be remote? And even so, how do I prepare myself for remote work? Uh, because I, I, may, I may have to do that whether I want to or not. And so those are some very big trends. And all mm -hmm. of that really mm -hmm. kind of comes back to the same theme, 
of digital transformation of your business, the idea of getting out of paper really isn't enough if you still have manual processes and if you're still relying on inefficient, burdensome ways of working with other accounting teams, that's that's not going to work in the coming years. And I think as a lot of these trends collide, we're going to spend a lot of time rethinking how to work together between teams. Hmm. You know, we're all living this and, th- and you, our listener, um, probably living through this now the changes and adaptations you need to make in your own business to get put some of that together. Cause it's all that's true. And it's the, the trend is only going to be accelerating. So what are some of the tips and uh, tricks you think people can both deploy and avoid when deploying this type of automation in their finance team and, and between accounting teams, between companies? Yeah, that's a great question. And we, and we see this a lot. I, I would think one of the biggest tips is to, to the extent that you can, try to avoid big bang projects that defer benefits until the project is over. Um, you know, it might sound like a cliche, but crawl, walk, run can be a very effective way uh, or an incremental approach can be a very effective way to make progress and to get momentum and see results behind your project before you get too deep into it. Uh, one of the ways we think about this is with a service that we have called Lockstep Inbox. Lockstep Inbox just approaches that problem that accounting teams have of getting email. The average ARAP person gets 100 emails a day. They report that they spend 50 to 75% of their time just answering those emails. And the work to answer that email is usually kind of manual and not, not very fun, honestly. An email might be, hey, when are you going to pay this invoice? Okay, I've got to go look that up in my accounting system kind of figure out the state of this invoice, compose a reply, and send it. That might have only taken me two to three minutes, but I get 100 of these every day, and it's not very pleasant work. Mm -hmm. Lockstep Inbox is a simple solution that helps accounting teams deal with that mountain of email they get every day, and then automates those tasks like exactly the one that I'm thinking about. So in the same way that you might have an experience with Gmail in your personal email, auto-composing a reply, you know, we can do the same thing for your accounting questions because we're we're connected to your accounting system. And so we marry the worlds of email and your accounting system. And by using that connection, we can be very smart about looking that in light up for you, suggesting a reply, and reducing the load of that email workflow. So that's an example of how to get some benefits really quickly. And then we have much more advanced automation strategies beyond that when you're, when you're ready for more. But I, I think a big thing when finance teams think about this is we've all been a part of that project where you try to boil the ocean and it's, it's a long time with no benefits and you maybe never get there and or you don't get the benefits you want. And so we found a lot of success by thinking incrementally around how can I do something more modest now, get the results now, and then build on top of it, build from there. Hmm. That's really good advice on keep it simple. Right. Keep it, keep it simple, get it off the ground, build new habits. And then the flywheel of positive, you know, efficiency will play on top of itself to keep things going. Yes. So I think the follow-up to that is for the, our CFOs that are listening or our controllers that are trying to make their CFOs look like heroes, how can you build consensus and communication in your staff when you're trying to roll out automation? 
Yeah, that's another great question, David, because institutional resistance to change can be mm -hmm. profound. And if mm -hmm. you don't get it right, the project won't be successful. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in our projects and in our implementations, one strategy that we find works really well to build alignment on the team is to ask the team to go research and benchmark solutions themselves. And it's a great way to learn about best practices without having to get into pointing out the hot button issues within the team that may be causing problems. In a way, it's a great way to get the team to think outside of themselves and to go embrace solutions um, with, with, without having to confront some of the thorny realities of, of how we're doing it today or why. And there's a lot of great sources for that kind of information today from you know whoever your solution provider is to users groups, to SAGE conferences, um, to the media. There, there is a lot, we really live in a world where there is an unprecedented level of access to what is working for others. And so I would ask the team, what can we learn from how other organizations are doing this? How have they solved problems that we have? And would that work for us? Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's, it changes hard, but, it's, it's can the benefits pull somebody across and you've just spent a great portion of the conversation talking about what those benefits are because COVID's pushed people to get automated. Uh, how accounting teams collaborate across one another is evolving and there is so much more efficiency for making things digital in order to get your arms around cash flow with what's happening right now in the uncertain markets around us. Maybe a final question is, thank you for being our partner, but why did you guys choose to be partners with us? Well, I, I love Sage. I love being a Sage partner. Um, and and by the way, David, congratulations! You know, I, I was reading recently. Sage won the uh, a five star rating from the CRN Partner Program Guide just recently. And the reasons for that is obvious to me, at least. Uh, Sage is a terrific partner. The partner programs you have for us as a software vendor are terrific. The people are really wonderful. And I really love meeting Sage customers at conferences. I mean, Sage customers are doing really interesting things and are really dynamic thinkers in terms of how to use technology to improve their business. And, and I think the final thing I would say, is Sage is really one of the leading thinkers in to think about how does digital transformation affect accounting? That, I mean, one of the approaches I see from Sage is that eventually more and more accounting is going to become at the center of your business as the world goes digital and as digital transaction transformation happens to your business, accounting becomes the business, how people buy, sell, pay, experience your company. Accounting has a much bigger role to play in that than ever before. And I love what Sage is doing, building the digital network building services so that you can compose these business services together, starting from your ERP and using those to create services, both for your customers and for your internal stakeholders. I really love the way that Sage is thinking about this. And so I'm excited to be a part of this ecosystem and to play our part in helping build a digital connected future. <laughs> you know, I don't get into too much about us on these and thank you for sharing all that. Cause I am so excited about how progressive our thinking is with the digital network where people just simply join in and then you can uh, connect with payroll. You can connect with your bank. You can connect with your providers and all these pieces that are coming in and we couldn't do it out without great partners like Lockstep. So Peter, thank you very much for uh, just sharing this. And then for you, our listener, thank you for joining us today 
please join the Modern SaaS Finance community at bit.ly slash Modern SaaS Finance. It's a great Slack group. And again, that was bit.ly bit, slash Modern SaaS Finance. One word. And it's an amazing Slack community. People and all your peers helping each other out. So beyond this one time, um, listen to the podcast. You can get a lot more actively involved. But do please subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with future episodes. We're available on all the major streaming platforms. Peter, any final thoughts? I think the changes that we are just talking about are profound. The The first level is what's more or less obvious. Oh, I can now get access to this information. The next level is really profound in terms of, oh, what kind of change does this enable? I think when the just when the iPhone was released in 2006, I don't think anybody foresaw the amazing connected world that we live in now where you can't live without this device. And I think we're on the precipice of a change that is every bit as profound. As soon as accounting systems can connect to each other, start working with each other, doing business with each other, it is really going to lead to a rethinking of how we work together. And I'm, I'm thrilled to get to be a part of it. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, David. Oh, my pleasure. I always enjoy our talks. And to that last point you made, yeah, change is coming. And it's change can be hard, but it also can be extremely valuable. And I appreciate you help giving all of our listeners a great roadmap for that. To our listeners, thank you. Please have a great day.